Welcome to Elevate Louisiana's Engage Videocast. Elevate Louisiana was founded in 2020 to empower women leaders throughout Louisiana by connecting and educating them on the challenges impacting our state with data-driven nonpartisan solutions to make a better future for Louisiana. Hi there, I'm Julie Stokes with Elevate Louisiana. In today's Engage Videocast, we're discussing funding for early care and education in Louisiana. Our guests are Commissioner Jay Darden, who serves as Louisiana's Commissioner of Administration. In that capacity, he serves as the state's COO. And we also have Libby Sonier, the Executive Director of the Louisiana Policy Institute for Children, who leverages 20 years of professional experience supporting young children and their families. Um, it's really good to have you guys here. Thank you so much for being on this episode. Thanks, Julie. Good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'm going to ask um, Dr. Sonier, we'll call you Libby for now. Um, I know that you have a slideshow um, that would probably be of great interest to people um, understanding this topic and how it's funded. You want to go Absolutely. Absolutely. Get that up. And so what we know currently in the state budget as it stands right now, that Louisiana spends less than half of 1% of our budget on early care and education, despite the tremendous need. What we also know is the state budget really is the value proposition of what we find important in our state. And so that's why, quite frankly, we're thrilled with the proposed um, executive budget that puts uh, potentially $94 million more in early care and education in Louisiana. And so that's important because if, when you look at this, uh, at this chart, you'll see the current state investment of funding is about $54 million. And we also have an early childhood education fund. We really call it an incentive fund for short that allows locals to raise local dollars and get a dollar for dollar match if there's enough in that incentive fund. And so there's only a million dollars in there now, but we know that there are currently uh, locals have raised $4.2 million to be able to, to get into that incentive fund. So we, we know that the need is great. And so in the proposed budget that the governor put out, he, he proposed $94 million uh, of state investment. 45, about 45 of that million um, is, is uh, reoccurring money. So of that 45, about 25 million would go into the child care assistance program, which is a program that's a voucher program that allows families to access early care and education in quality child care centers. Um, of that, that 40, about 44, 45 million dollars, um, the rest of it, about 18 million, is towards the four-year-old programs that we have in our state, not to create any more four-year-old seats, but really to invest in the four-year-old program because it's been underinvested in for a number of years. And so really excited about what's in the executive budget. Also, the governor proposed, which Commissioner Darden will speak better to this than I can, um, and just really appreciate their partnership in this is saying, you know, we didn't spend all the money that we thought that we would need to in the K-12 system. And there's some leftover money in the MFP. And so taking 50 million of that leftover fifth um, MFP money and investing it in the early, in the Louisiana Early Childhood Fund to allow locals to access the dollar for dollar match. And so let's say there were $50 million that locals put up, they, we have up to $50 million of this one-time funding and the MFP money to get that dollar for dollar match. This is a historic down payment on what we need 
and to really invest in our in our children in Louisiana. So to say we're excited is is just an understatement. And so we're really working hard to urge the legislature to say, support this budget because it's the most meaningful budget we've ever seen for young children in the state of Louisiana. Thank you. You know, I want to ask one question. So in that 54 million, that's the current funding. Mm -hmm. um, so that supports that same CCAP program. It does. Um, part of it goes to child care assistance and then part of it goes to the four-year-old program. So, so in that child care assistance program, is that that the federal government's giving us money to then support um, mothers and fathers that need child care but can't afford it? Correct. It's need-based, based on income. Okay, cool. And then um, the LA4 program, I mean, what kind of percentage of, of our four-year-olds, I mean, roughly, are even covered by that? It's probably pretty small, huh? Well, we actually, in Louisiana, we do a really fantastic job covering our four-year-olds, um, and those funds are state dollars and TANF dollars and some other federal dollars, but we cover over 90% of our four-year-olds that are at risk in our state, and we were actually one of the first states in the country to do that. So again, Louisiana has been a trailblazer. We have more to go, but we're doing some really good things, um, and so um Again, with that $94 million, what it helps do is to prepare our youngest children for a smart start in life. It also enables families to be productive in the workforce, go to school, or be able to look for work. And it also serves as an economic engine for communities in, across Louisiana. Because what we know is that childcare breakdowns cost the state of Louisiana $1.3 billion to our economy. So we're not talking small potatoes. These are big potatoes. And so we need to make sure that families and children um, can get what they need by having access to quality care and education. Additionally, what you'll see is um, with the proposed funding in the 2022 legislative session, um, this lighter blue are the, the percentage of children that are currently being served that are at risk birth to three. And you'll see um, we, we serve about 15% of our birth to three-year-olds. With this new proposed funding, with the 25 million going to child care assistance, um, we would be able to increase um, by six, almost 7% um, to serve new children in the program. But that still leaves us with 78% of our children that are at risk birth to age three that are not being served. So again, we have, we have miles to go, but this proposed budget that we're looking at right now, again, is the largest down payment we have ever seen in young children in Louisiana. And that's something to be commended and celebrated and also to fight like heck for to make sure that we keep it in the budget. Uh, because w there are immense needs, but Louisiana will, will never thrive until our children thrive. Uh, and so we need to make sure that that does happen. Well, there goes the question, Commissioner Darden. How do we keep it in the budget? So I know that you guys are, are doing that, that, in, that 45 or so million dollars that is in the executive budget, but then another 50 relies upon the legislature to appropriate it when, why don't you explain that process? <laughs> well, all of the money's gonna have to be appropriated by the legislature, but, but obviously I, I share Libby's enthusiasm and excitement about where we are. We have talked about the need to invest in early childhood education and uh, we're in a unique position right now to be able to do that. 
not necessarily because of this huge amount of federal money that's, that's come down to all the states, but because our economy is performing better. We have a surplus in last year's budget. We have an excess in the current year's budget that we think will increase even more. And we have expectations of a good budget picture for the 23 budget, which the legislature will be debating. So as we put the budget together, we knew we would be in a position to make a meaningful plus up for, for early childhood, and, and that's what this does. The good news is I'm hopeful that we're able to even find more money. Um, and, and we literally a development just today uh, may make that a reality. Um, we mentioned the $50 million that is available from the current year's budget. And let me explain how that comes about. The minimum foundation formula for K-12 education is a constitutionally mandated expenditure of the state. It's based upon the student count, the number of students that we have and a, a, an amount of money is paid to all the districts based on a per student basis. The student count for the current year is down from what had been anticipated. And that's what enabled us to realize the $50 million from the current year budget that we said, look, this was dedicated to education. We thought it would be available and necessary for the MFP, for the minimum foundation program. The student count is down, so we have $50 million that's not being spent for that purpose. Instead of just returning that to the general fund, our recommendation is that we put that in this fund that Libby was referring to that will be an incentive for local school districts to match the local amount that they put into this program. Um, the, the advocates in the department both said to us, we need a meaningful amount in this fund. We can't just put dribbles in there. We need to have an amount that's gonna attract districts to say, okay, this is real. The state is committed this amount of money. Let's go generate some of our own money and grow this program. And we're frankly hopeful that's gonna be what happens, not just from Jefferson and East Baton Rouge and the other district that, that is available now, but hopefully other districts. We've also got to be concerned about those poorer districts who don't have the financial wherewithal to be able to draw down a match. We've got a lot of children in those areas who desperately are in need, and we're going to have to figure out a way that we can uh, provide some resources there, and that I think will be a, a topic of some discussion. But my hope is that, that the, the hope is not that the student count is down, but the reality is that it is. And so this 50 million may be even more, and if there is more money from uh, this particular fund, we're going to recommend that it go to expand that early childhood fund even beyond the, the 50 million. We'll know that at some point here in the not too distant future because the uh, Bessie has provided their formula recommendation to the legislature and our folks are doing their calculations right now to find out exactly what that student count number is going to look like. Uh, the count is taken in February and so that gives us the latest information. So I'm hopeful that we'll see an increase in that pool. So that's that's an important um, important area of the budget that we're going to be able to realize in the current budget year. Libby's slide shows what we're talking about doing for next year, and we're excited about the investment we're going to be able to make there. That $6.8 million increase is not where we want to be. We need to grow it even more than that, but it's important to realize two things about where we are with the early childhood program. Uh, the first is these are daycare centers primarily that are providing care for parents who are at work and need a place for their child to, to stay while they're at work. This is going to transform those daycare centers into educational opportunities that don't exist now. And you need to have the skilled personnel to work at those, those various facilities to, to be able to provide education to birth to three-year-olds. This is not something anybody can just walk in and say, I'm going to, I'm going to teach them and they're going to get smart all of a sudden. You got to have people who know what they're doing. 
So Bessie uh, increased the, the rates to be paid to the workers in these facilities, and we've provided some additional funding to make certain that those rates are increased. Once that happens and the workforce is stabilized, if we can continue to put more money into the early childhood program, we'll grow the numbers of children who will be participating. And our next challenge, and it's a challenge for all of us, legislators, the, the administration, the advocates, and the people of Louisiana, to make certain that the families who are in need and who can benefit from these services know that they're available and take advantage of them because we, we have to make certain parents take children to these facilities so, that they, so they can learn and take advantage of, of this great program. We're way overdue in providing the kind of funding we need in early childhood education, but this is a real jumpstart to, to make a significant, uh, make very significant process, progress in this area. And I think like really to add upon that as well is that because the rates per child have gone up because Bessie helped make that investment, um, it allows the gap between tuition at a childcare center um, and what the childcare assistant pays, assistance pays to be smaller so that parents can get what they need. Uh, because before the gap between um, the childcare assistance and tuition was large. And so if parents couldn't fill that gap, it could be two to $3,000 a year. Um, and so the, that gap is smaller that makes uh, childcare more accessible for families. Yeah. And, and Julie, you, you asked earlier, what do we need to do or how can we make sure the legislature does this? There are gonna be lots of things that will be thought about in the legislative process. I'll be shocked if this is an area of contention. I think there is great support and unanimity, both among Republicans, Democrats, urban, rural legislators, that this is an investment that's appropriate for Louisiana. And, and I'll be very surprised if this is not something that'll be looked upon very favorably by, by both houses. Well, we, we, we are really so hopeful about that. And we're gonna try with everything we can to keep that process headed in that direction for sure. Um, when do you think that that count, I know you said it was a count that's always done in, based on February numbers. Like, is that something that would usually be done by in March or April or? Yeah, I think we'll know, we'll know pretty quickly. They may know already. I just haven't gotten that information yet, but I think fairly quickly we'll have an idea of exactly um, how low the student count is compared to what it was in the forecast. And, and that'll potentially drive these dollars up a little bit, as I mentioned. Yeah, I've always thought that if we could just get the, the amount of money that they, they have asked for for so many years now, we could just get that in the early education fund that the lawmakers would be able to see how much excitement there is around the state to get that funded, to be able to pull down those matching dollars. And also, um, you know, what, what does a waiting list for early childhood education look like? You know, what's that waiting list look like? It's I don't know, I'm not sure there is one right now. We asked that question during the budget process, and I, I don't know that we can put our put our hands on exactly the number of people who are saying, I want to participate if the, if the dollars are there. That is, this is a kind of situation where I think, ironically, it would be good to develop a waiting list of, of children who could immediately be served based upon the amount of money that's put in the program. So um, mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping part of this process is going to be to identify uh, those children in need who qualify so that they can take advantage of the program. And we've had a wait list in the past. And what's happened with COVID-19 is that little people were um, kept at home. The rates weren't high enough to cover the cost of care and those types of things. And so what we're hearing from childcare providers is many, most of them are having wait lists at their childcare facility. 
But to the commissioner's point is we need a wait list at the state level to demonstrate the continued need. We know the need is there based on our children, the numbers of children that are at risk, but we need so many people registered to, to qualify for CCAP that can't get a seat to be able to make sure that we're growing. It's a double-edged sword. We want families to have what, what they need, but we also need to demonstrate the need that's there to really push lawmakers to say, this is an absolute investment that we have to make. And this fund really ought to help jumpstart that process. Once the fund is there, it, it's basically saying to local school districts and to providers, here's money to match. If you will put up money to seed this program, the state is making available money to match it. And so the department feels very strong. We certainly agree with this. It needs to be a state and local partnership. Uh, we can't expect locals to fund this in, in entirely, nor should locals expect the state to fund this in its entirety. It's, it's going to be a joint effort. Uh, and as I say, there'll have to be some consideration given to how, how we help the poorer parishes who are not able to, to raise the kind of funds that are necessary uh, to provide the education for their, their children who are particularly in need because of the fact that they live in a poor parish. Absolutely. So that's when the equitable formulary really to, to make sure that the people that can't draw down those dollars have access so that it is equitable at the end of the day. And the other piece of this is this is good government. When locals come with a little bit, and state comes with a little bit, we can make magic happen. Um, but also being very cognizant to the commissioner's point of, we have many parishes that can't generate the revenue. So how do we make sure that we take care of those babies who are actually the most at risk because there is a lack of resources in a, in a community? Is there a plan for that? Like, do we have ideas about how to do that? That's one of the things that we talk at the Policy Institute talk with the department about frequently is what's the formulary look like if we let's say we have 50 million and uh, we have some of that 50 million left over. How do we equitably distribute it across the state to make sure that our children that are most at risk have access to quality early care and education? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you think about the incentive fund, the possibility of the legislators being able to see what that local investment looks like. And when you add in potentially waiting lists, I think that you really start to light a fire, you know, within the legislature to um, get them to understand and this important funding need. Um, you know, just to kind of wrap up, I, I, I'd love to hear from you guys about like the aspirational part of this. Um, and I know Dr. Sonia, you talk about this a lot. But um, how does this change the lives of kids when you're able to get them in this kind of setting at a younger age? And what does it do for moms and dads who are trying to work? We know that 90% of brain development happens prior to age five. We know that 60% of our kindergartners right now in Louisiana are entering into kindergarten, not ready to be able to access the mater kindergarten material. And so when we have the ability to really invest in young children the way that we need to, we know that mamas and daddies and caregivers can go back to work. They can have a reliable uh, job and be able to take care of their families. And also at the end of the day, we know that the cost saving measures when we invest in young children is great. Um, from James Heckman, the Nobel laureate economist, he says, you know, we can return on investment of 13%. He's actually saying that's an under underrepresented uh, ROI, it's actually closer to 18% return on investment. And none of us can put our money in any bank, and certainly not the stock market right now, and get that return on investment. And so if we, again, if we want Louisiana to be successful, 
our children have to be successful. And that means that their parents have to be able to go to school and work and look for work. We want Louisiana to be better. This is a moral imperative. I wanna live in a world when somebody asks me, how are our children? I can say that our children are well. We are gonna make a down payment this session. I have to believe it. Uh, and so I, I can't thank the commissioner and the governor enough for being the strongest advocates for young children in our state, because without them, we wouldn't be in this position now to say, let's go fight to make sure we maintain this money and see if we can get a little bit more to make sure that Louisiana families are getting what they need. Indeed. Well, you know, I think that this issue and funding it properly, it, it, it makes all the difference to how successful our young children are once they're in elementary school. Um, it's also an economic development issue because the more educated and the more successful we are at educating our kids, the more workforce we're going to have for companies that want to move in here. And I mean, I think it goes all the way down to crime and criminal justice that when you have kids that are in you know, um, in school and in environments where they can grow and learn that they're going to be a lot less likely to fall into that bucket. And um, if there's anything I can see that Louisiana needs, it's just that. So I really, I commend your great work, Dr. Sonier and Commissioner Darden. Thank you and, and the governor and the entire administration for, you know, reaching out to try to make sure that this does get funded. Um, I'd like to keep up with you and you know, any, 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 uh, any word we need to, to march on up there to Baton Rouge and uh, make our voices heard, we, we definitely are going to do that. Um, well, I encourage you to, to do so and to have your group do so. I, I think it's a winning argument. I think this is going to be successful and it's, you know, time is not on our side. Every day that goes by, we have another birth to three-year-old who may be aging out of the opportunity to be, uh, to get that brain stimulation at that point that's so critical right now. So, this is a very significant moment for Louisiana to, to make the kind of investment a lot of us have talked about for years and now making it a reality is, uh, is at everyone's doorstep. Perfect. Well, Commissioner Darden and Dr. Sonier, thank you so much for being with us on today's Elevate videocast. Um, everyone out there listening, please save the date for our day at the legislature. That's Elevate Louisiana's day at the legislature on April 27th. And for those of you listening, if you're interested in joining Elevate or seeing more of our video cast or hearing our podcast, visit our website at elevatela.org. That's elevate with two L's, la.org. I'm your host, Julie Stokes, and we'll see you next time.